Listen to the selling podcast. Listen to it over and over again. That is the stuff that can change who you are as a sales rep. So make sure you're reading or listening or finding ways to engage those people that have been there before. Some intros are better than others, and this well, is probably one of the best. We are so grateful for our guest and joining us last week. If you didn't listen to the podcast last week, you're probably going to want to go pick up. We talk a little bit about developing your story. We're going to pick up this week right where we left off and it's talking about your story, how to develop it, and just showing up. We're joined this week by Fred Mady. All right, we're recording. With over 50 years and millions of worldwide traveled miles between the two of us, we have tasted defeat and relished in sweet, sweet victory. Looking for inspirational entertainment, motivation, and practical insights to drive your business? Welcome to The Selling Podcast. And I'm really excited to be part of Company XYZ. And XYZ does this. And one of the things that XYZ does is they build this product. And let me tell you the story of this product. And then in that product, there's a couple features and benefits that you're telling the story. And along the way, you ask a couple questions in your story. And at the end, you say, if you like my story, will you buy something from me, right? And so what we do with our early reps is we have them write the story. Because a good sales rep just goes and tells the story. As you guys know, you've been around long enough to know, we have sales reps that if I ask them today, tell me something about this brace that you like. They're clueless. Yet they exceed 85, 90% of all of our other sales reps. Look, true genius is when you can take that sales rep that's willing to go in front of that customer every single day, and he's willing to go do it with the knowledge and the background and the ability and the sales skills, right? Those are our 10 percenters, right? But then we have this group that falls behind them, represents about 30% of our sales force that may lack in either one of those other areas, but they still just go out and do it every day. You know, that old adage, just show up. Because it's oftentimes you can say, hi, doc, I'm with this company. And they said, I'm so glad you came today. We just threw our rep out. And so tell me what you got. And you get the sale, right? And so show up, FaceTime, 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 FaceTime. Work your way towards becoming an expert, but don't wait to be an expert. If you wait to be an expert, that other guy is going to show up at that clinic that they just threw the rep out and you're not going to get the business. And so we really focus on that concept of creating your stories because then it's easier to tell. I mean, most people can talk about themselves. Most people can tell a story. So we, we, we teach them to sell through storytelling. And it seems to work for a lot of those new reps. They like that. Fred, it doesn't sound like you've subscribed to the philosophy of fake it till you make it. Well, you know, if, if you, <laughs> that's funny because a lot of people would tell you I have, um, you know, the, no. I think it's different. I think it's, and this may come from being, being a collegiate athlete and being, you know, undersized, valued, too slow, too short, all the other things, and find me, finding my way to success, which is, you know, I don't have to fake it. I just got to go do it. And along the way, I don't have to be the best when I start. I just got to work towards being the best. And for me, that needs basis, right? That idea that I got to put uh, bread on the table was very important because it drove me. And a lot of the reps we hire are that same way. Because mm-hmm. they, they understand that there's significance in this, this, this business called selling. And that significance can change the direct trajectory of their lives going forward, which it did for me. And so having that opportunity to show them what that trajectory, I was talking to a rep recently in uh, Florida, in the Tampa Bay area, young rep, former college football player. 
and he's closing count after count after count. And I'm calling him up and saying, man, I'm just so proud of you. What are you doing? Because I just get there before anybody else does. That's all I do. I just get there before anybody else does. I'm usually the first or second person in those clinics. And I just wait for everybody to come in. And I just talk to them and tell them who I am. And then I do that two or three times. And they ask me what, I, what, what they can buy from me. And, you know, here's this offensive lineman, you know, 6'3", 280. And he's showing up at these clinics. And, and is he faking it? No, he's just showing up. He's doing him. He's doing what he does in order to make that work. And again, going back to what was most important, which we taught him, get FaceTime. Get that FaceTime. It's really important to you. Yeah, I think the whole, and this is what I love hearing, the fake it till you make it ideology, I don't, I don't think it works. I think the reason it doesn't is because you're trying to be somebody you're not. And I just remember being destroyed by orthopedic surgeons when I would try to project something that, as you mentioned, something, hey, I just heard about this diagnosis. And then they started going into it in detail. And I was like, uh, oh, yeah, I, I, I realize who I am. And so your philosophy is not fake it till you make it. It's just, hey, consistently be there. Consistently show up. Make sure that you're there. Make sure you're doing and putting in the work that's needed to become successful. Well, you know, it's a great, it's a great, if it hasn't happened to you, then I hope it does at some point, right? Tom DeCoster, orthopedic surgeon, University of New Mexico. I sit down with him to talk about osteoarthritis. And the first thing he says, uh, spend five minutes talking about osteoarthritis. Crickets, crickets, only because osteoarthritis was on the brochure, right? And so here I am using that technique. Well, let me just go out and sell with this brochure and get this doctor's business. And I flunked miserably. And so after red in the face and, you know, embarrassment and all this stuff that comes along with that, I said, Dr. Coster, give me a week and I'll come back. I call up all of our product managers. I said, I need education. Give me everything you need to do. I went back and gave him a little dissertation from our perspective, not his perspective, but just our perspective. And he has literally been a customer of mine for 25 years since that point forward. Now, had I tucked tail left and said, that's it, it would never have happened. I wouldn't have gotten it. Oh, I, I can tell you exactly what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's heard this story somewhere or actually lived nope. it. heard heard lived it i just i just missed that second piece which is go back with all the information possible well, you know that's, think, that's incredible it's a, yeah it's it, it's a fun process and i think it's great but i think one of the things that helps reps understand what great reps do every day it's very simple right it's not complex right it's very simple but one of the things that helps them understand is what do average reps do every day if you're going to look at yourself in terms of 100 sales reps and we're going to look at the top 20% and that's where you want to be, what do the rest of the guys do every day? And I think it's very important to discuss with, 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 your, with your audience that, that there are certain habits that are done that are, that are causing you to not reach the success potential that you have, right? In my, it's a quick list. Number one is never showing your customers your product, right? staying so busy doing other stuff that you never get out in front of your customers. And so when I'm with reps and they say they're struggling, I said, how many customers did you get in front of this? And I, you know, and it's always a number that we've got to get to, right? Because it's always a number that's not real up front and we got to get to that. So we get by asking a follow-up question, a follow-up question, what did you show? What did you talk about? So it comes down to this fact that I just didn't show my product enough. And so 
we kind of diagnose why that's happening. The average rep never plans, right? They just wake mm-hmm. up and they go do something, right? I did that my first 11 months. Never planned, never had a plan in my life. I got but my car. Busy. And I started, yeah, I started driving around. And I thought it was really <laughs> cool because I drive two hours this way, walk into a facility, say hi, drive two hours that way. It's really easy to do in New Mexico. Um, lack of having those priorities, right? What, what, if you don't know what's important to you, why are you out here even doing it? And so we talk about that in, this, in, in having this concept of indecision in their lives, right? So, what, what, okay, so do I, do I work on this today? Do I work on this today? Do I work on that today? What do I work on? And so that, that idea that I wake up without any kind of direction, right? And then, you know, we talk about lack of product knowledge that, that can really affect a rep because as they start to get in front of customers, that's the next step, right? Become an expert in your product. And you don't have to be uh, the professor of your product, right? You just have to be the explainer of your product. And, and, and we talk about the idea. This, is, this next one is the one that affected me the most. And PS still affects me today at a high level. And that's procrastination. For whatever reason, I love the juice I get at 1130, right? That, that 1130 hour, right? Before you got 30 minutes before you got to do something, that juice kind of still gets me, but it's also set me back in my career time and time again, over and over and over again. Uh, you got this podcast at eight o'clock today. Well, oh shoot, it's 7.45. Let me pull up my slide deck, you know? And so that's the kind of life that I fight. That's my average rep battle that I take on every single day. But I think that's everybody. And yeah, that's, right. that's one of the biggest inhibitors to sales, right? Because it's that you're letting the territory kind of manage you rather than you managing your territory. Yeah, like I'm glad you took it that way because I take it. I took it personally. Like, huh. <laughs> so I shouldn't just show up day of podcast thinking, "Huh, what's going on today?" No, that's real. That's real. I should actually plan this out. Like, this is really good, Scott. I'll tell you that that talent will make up for a lot of procrastinating. So apparently, you got the talent, and so you're able to do that. That happens all the time, and I think that I got some the talent. Way. The talent's called Mike. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good. Um, there's a few other things right there, like, you know, overcommitment. What what starts to happen with reps is they always say yes, they overcommit. They just can't figure out a solution that says their time and their life is as important. The other one is crisis management. You know, there's a lot of reps that can't live unless there's a problem going on. Like you probably hear this every day from sales reps. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Oh, my gosh, this is going on and this is going on. I got a time out. None of what you just said was important. Yes, there are issues. Yes, there are problems. Yes, commissions are now this. Yes, prices have gone up. Yes, all this. But it's across the board. Go get in front of doctors. It's simple. Go get in front of doctors. <laughs> That's the I'm solution. The Go sell something. You know, Fred, Fred on, that, on, on that point, I mean, it was yesterday. Yesterday at 1.30, I realized I was going through my emails looking for a problem to solve. And I stopped myself because I was looking because I had gone through and gone through and it's like, okay, cool. What there's got to be some fire I can put out. And so I started going through my emails and then I realized like, what in the world am I doing? Like this is the stupidest waste of time possible. And so from there quickly flipped everything and said, okay, instead of putting out a fire, I need to focus on, you know, how am I going to grow my business? What am I going to do? How, just as you said, how am I going to get in front of people? And it was just a fascinating thought from crisis management to let me flip the switch instead of combing my emails to, hey, let me, let me comb through, you know, and uh, comb through my prospect list. 
and it feels better. It feels better physically for you, right? Because as you start to take on the problems, the burden becomes heavy. It's weighted. And so as you start to look at, I'm going to do this problem, I'm going to do this problem, do this problem, you know, you flip that switch, like you said, Scott, and all of a sudden you're looking at, how can I be of an impact? How can I help change somebody's lives? How can I do this? That's, that feels different. That's freeing. That's, that's an opportunity that gives you a kind of a openness to your, to your existence that says, I love doing what I'm doing. But when you take on the crisis management, I see a lot of reps that want to live in that world. It's a dangerous world. You know, the, well, it, was, it was a way just to continue to drive more sales. Like for the rest of the day, I had put a goal of, hey, this is what, how much I want to accomplish. This is how much revenue I want to bring in. And so then it was, it was a goal instead of putting out fires. It was a goal of, hey, light the fire inside. Let's, let's get this. Let's, let's figure out where this is. And so it was a fun, it was, yeah, you're, physically, it just felt better. It felt different. I'm now working towards something rather than trying to put out something. And you know, we, that's, it's really interesting because when you're prepared, like when you're doing that kind of, and you flip the switch and you're not thinking about the negative, you're focused on the positive effect of what's going on in the territory. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had Barbara Kay on and she talked about the physiological transformation where other humans are wired to look at your face and within just a half a second, be able to discern whether or not you're the person they want to talk to. Yeah, and I, a, I think that really conveys when you're doing it that way. And that kind of switch is critical. One of my favorite sayings, and my reps will say it's one of my overused favorite sayings, is that what you give energy to, you give life to. Yeah. And so if you give energy to the negative, that's what you're going to give life to. And so give energy to the positive and see what happens. And so give energy to be in front of doctors and see what happens. You know, so... We round out the average time wasters, the average rep and their time wasters is being unorganized, not working a plan, and then not having information kind of readily available to you at all times. You know, when you put that together, you come up with this average rep who's, and this is interesting because they're, they're negative thinking, right? They believe, they also believe they have, in many instances, have the lion's share of business, yeah. right? You'll talk to these reps and they'll say, oh, I've got control most of my territory. When I work with them, we pass business every day. And so they trick themselves into believing that they're working hard. And, and I know that because that's the world I lived in early on. And then the other thing is they failed to read, study, and find ways to make themselves better. They failed to get a degree in selling, move on to a master's degree in selling, and get your PhD in selling. And I promise you, if you dedicate yourself to, as an early rep and you say, I'm going to read one book a month, and don't read the whole thing, just go through the parts that you like. If you don't like it, flip to the next chapter. If you don't agree with it, flip to the next chapter. You can find one sentence in a book that may change the trajectory of your life. It did happen to me. I was reading Robert Kiyosaki one time, and Robert Kiyosaki was talking about that if you don't like the situation you're in, change it today. And so there, there, was, there was a certain specific situation about a property that I owned that I didn't like. And I went out that day, found a different property, exchanged that property, got out of that situation, and it was an unbelievable change to me. That's probably the only thing I read in his book that made sense to me at that time. And so you don't have to read the whole book, but start reading, start studying, start absorbing. And, and today, and i got to remember that I don't say book on tape, right, because we don't listen to book on tapes anymore. Um, but I used to have this library, massive library of books on tape, right? And so we have podcasts now. Listen to the selling podcast. Listen to it over and over again. That is the stuff that can change 
who you are as a sales rep. So make sure you're reading or listening or finding ways to engage those people that have been there before and, and see what happens. And so, you know, our average rep, we go on and we talk about, you know, the sales call and types of sales calls that they do and how to do your pre-call planning and do your post-call planning. So we really work with the rep to give them a basis of who do you want to be going forward. And if you do want to be this person, start following this path because this is what we've seen successful reps do every day. Fred, we've spoken on the podcast before about the pre-call plan, some of the questions you should be asking. When you say post-call plan, what do you have on your post-call plan? So here, here's one of the things, and, and, and I contribute this to a regional manager I had. and. We walked, she was like four nine, right? And I'm coming out of playing college football. We walk out of the, the hospital setting and she just blows me up. And she said, let's go sit down somewhere and talk about this call. And what I learned was all the energy I put into prepping for that pre-call, I was just ready to move on to the next call. And she said, stop your train, son. Let's go sit down and talk about this. And so when I, when I talk about after-call planning or post-call planning, it's first and foremost, just critique yourself. What did I say wrong? Right? What did I say wrong? And make sure you understand that that's a learning moment. And it's okay. I said it wrong, but I'm going to fix it so I don't say it wrong again. What did I say right? Because I want to accentuate that. When I saw that doctor react or that, 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 that businessman react to my presentation, I want to make sure I do that over and over again. Did I add value to my customer while I was there in any shape or form? Did he look at me as an asset, potential asset? I asked that question after every sales call with our reps today. Hey, did you bring value to that call or were you wasting their time? If you brought value, then you've got a good opportunity. If you didn't, then we got to figure out a way next time to bring value to them. Now, what should I say or do now? What is next? What should I say or do now? Should I... Go back into the customer, walk in again and say, hey, I forgot to tell you this. Should I create a letter to the doctor? Should I set up my next call? What should I say or do now? And then how was I prepared? Did I have the necessary materials that, that I needed in that presentation? Did I meet my objective? Because in our pre-call, we had an objective. The objective obviously was to get them to say yes. Did I meet that? Great. Did I answer, answer the questions honestly and to the best of my knowledge? Not as an expert, but to the best of my knowledge, did I ask for the business? And that's how I ended all each post-call plan. Did I ask for the business? We go into great calls. And one of the hardest things that you can imagine for a guy who likes to talk a lot is going into a call with a young sales rep and not trying not to say anything. I mean, it's physical. It's like, it's like hand over my mouth, trying to hold <laughs> my mouth up. Mm-hmm. And then using it as a learning moment so we can get out and say, okay, you never asked for the business. Did you see that he said, oh, that'd be perfect for Patient Smith? You know, that'd be perfect for us to do this in the field. But okay, great. Did you close them? Did you ask for the business? And then I always talk about follow-up letters, emails, thank yous, text, whatever process you're in. Are you doing that? Because I still believe that's one of the best ways to develop rapport with customers is to follow them up with some form of communication, whatever it is today that they like to use. Text a person. Hey, thanks so much for taking the time. I'll get back to you with whatever. Oh, thanks for taking the time. I forgot to tell you this. Oh, thanks for the time. I think I told you this, but what I really meant to say was this. All that's important because it shows them that you're serious about your business and you want to continue the relationship. And you want to try to help them solve problems. And they know. They know that when they say yes, you're going to make money. That's okay. 
if you're bringing value. And so that after call planning becomes super important for, for our sales reps to you know, you brought up something that I haven't thought about in a very long time, but I remember when I was doing training and as you mentioned, putting my hand over my mouth, not saying anything. And then we walk out and it was, okay, you had three questions you were going to ask before going in. You didn't ask a single one of them, you know, what happened? And then they said, well, oh, if I would have asked that question, what do you think would have happened? And, was, and then I said, well, go back in and find out. Yeah, like, go right back in. It's like, ooh, isn't that awkward? It's like, well, yeah, it's awkward. You should have mm-hmm. asked it the first time. <laughs> but if you didn't ask the first time, then we're going to go in again. They said, well, can I go back next week? It's like, well, you're going to be back in next week, but you came out today to answer this question. You don't have an answer. Get back in there and figure it out. It's humiliating, but that is such a great learning opportunity for somebody to go back in. And I've done it myself. Just it when I, after I had a meeting, realized, I missed like this huge section that I needed to cover and it's embarrassing. It's calling them back and saying, Hey, listen, I'm so sorry. One of my major items on our agenda was this and I skipped it. I need to ask though. I need to, I need to, you know, you have to be humble and you have to go back to it, but it's such a, the post-call plan. I love that you highlight that. Don't be afraid to go back in and kind of say, Hey, missed it. I need to know though. You know, you know, what's funny, Scott, is that that kind of comes down to this belief that a lot of times the younger reps aren't comfortable in the skin that they're in, right? Is that, you know, what do you do for a living? Well, I'm a fracture management specialist. Um, okay, well, what do you do every day? Well, I try to get doctors to use our stuff. And, oh, you're a sales rep. Okay, so you're a sales <laughs> rep. And so are you comfortable with that? Are you comfortable being a sales rep? When you open that big door that has all the pods and all the people in this in your, your clinics or your whatever company you're going in to sell and you open up the door and everybody sees you. Oftentimes there's only one person in the room who doesn't know you're a sales rep and that's you. And so if you can learn to be comfortable in that skin that says, I walk in the door, everybody knows I'm a sales rep and I know I'm a sales rep. I know that if I bring value, I'm worth it to this facility. If I don't bring value, that's on me or my product. And so it's very simple. Be comfortable in who you are. So when you do go back in, gosh, I blew it when I was in here a few minutes ago. And I love to make a game out of it, right? Is I blew it. I walked out and I forgot to tell you this. And I won't be able to sleep tonight or I'm going to bug you tomorrow and the next day until I can. So give me two seconds. I want to share this with you. Let them kind of, you know, I, one, of the sales, one of the questions I ask when I'm interviewing reps is, how do you feel when people laugh at you? Well, well, I don't feel very good. You know, it, does, it doesn't make me feel good. I said, well, in sales, sometimes that's going to happen because you're going to stumble or you're going to be goofy or something's going to happen where you're not who you should be. You're going to say something you shouldn't say. Somebody may laugh at you. I said, if you learn to play along with that and help them along the way, understand that, yes, I'm okay with making a mistake. I'm a sales rep. You know, P.S. I graduated with 2.4 GPA. Uh, but I study the heck out of my products. I'm in your account every single day. I'm meeting with your doctors every single day. And I want to show you that I'm here to bring you value. And it's okay that you laugh. And so I love that idea of going back in and taking care of the problem. Fred, I am so sorry. We didn't even get, we've teased it like two or three times, which is talking about your story, you, you, where you're at in the story. And already I'm going to divide this podcast into two. So this is going to be a two-part series, and we still haven't even made it to like It'll be th- what I it's feel be a is going to be the heart, the heart of it. 
So, Fred, can we have you back to talk about the story? Yeah, I, I'd love to because I think I think what happens after you become a great rep is uh, what I see in the world was what are, what are reps doing today that have been in this business for 10 or 15 years? What happened to them? When they, when they climbed the ladder and they plateaued, what happened to them? It's all about them starting to believe their own little lies, their own little stories. I'd love to talk to you guys about that and how we can take those seasoned reps and turn them around a little bit too. Awesome. Fred, thanks That's so much for joining commitment. this week's episode. <laughs> Fred, thanks so much for joining this week's episode of The Selling Podcast. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Fred. It's been love. great. Appreciate it. All right. You. Take care.